This is the Behind the Micah podcast, where we discuss Jesus, community, and everyday life. I'm your host, Micah Stephen, and our goal is always to take people from where they are to where they need to be. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, what's up? This is Behind the Micah podcast, and man, I'm really uh, stoked uh, today to have uh, the guest that I have on here with me. He is uh, a great friend. Uh, We've been friends for a long time, and um, he preaches at the Fall City uh, Church in Madison, Indiana. His name is Tim Chandler. Tim, good to have you on the show, man. What's up, dude? Yeah, so uh, man, we, uh, I'm trying to think when we, like when I kind of, was thinking about this this week i'm trying to think how long we've known each other for like <laughs> dude it goes all the way back to when i was like in junior high like oh before that yeah i'm gonna, oh I'm gonna tell something on you i'm gonna tell something on you okay let's go so i think my first recollection of you other than you being uh larissa's little brother <laughs> uh, uh was a youth rally and we were at a youth rally at Versailles Church of Christ. And um, I can't remember the name. Oh, Happy Day from uh, Yeah. And yeah. they got your little blonde haired butt up there and you were just singing your little heart out on it. Yeah, I'm man. a few years older than you. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I mean, you were young. It was I like was. You were grade school young, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I remember that because you were you were like riffing <laughs> as a grade schooler. And I was like, huh. You know what? Every <laughs> once in a while, somebody somebody will bring that up. Occasionally, I'll I'll go back home and somebody will say, "Hey, remember that time you did, um, Oh Happy Day, from that was, Sister- that was like from Sister Act, right? Am I yeah. right? Great yeah. movie, great movie. <laughs> uh, Actually, my son, my oldest son, he just uh, last year at school, he was he was one of the leads in Sister Act the musical huh. uh, at Madison Junior High, and I thought of you. <laughs> I don't even remember uh, how that happened. I just remember, I think maybe I was, I was, I loved that song or I love that. I was, I was really into, I think it was actually sister act two. Um, and I loved that song, man. It was, it was incredible, but yeah, man, we, um, you know, so I can remember um, you were, uh, you were lifeguarding at whitewater, which I mean, look for people who are listening right now at Whitewater Christian Camp Service Camp and in, in, around VV, Indiana. Um, people who remember camp, like when you think of lifeguard, you think of Tim Chandler, right? I mean, that oh, was the gosh. that was that was like you were the you were the OG, right? Like the, the OG <laughs> of lifeguards at camp because because it, it kind of went in this trend. In fact, uh, I was later down the road or the the line. Uh, I came in and did lifeguarding for a couple of years, but man, I, as, as far as I can remember, man, it's, it was always Tim, right? Tim was always <laughs> the lifeguard. And then, and then like you go out to church camp and your name is like graffitied on just about everything out there. Right? I don't, I don't understand. Well, <laughs> I, I would do, I would, I would graffiti my own name to make myself feel good. I think is <laughs> Well, it's awesome because I, I haven't been out there in a while, but every once in a while I'll get out there. I think I saw a post recently, like they were like, you know, posting something from the camp or something out there. And there was something with your name on like a bunk bed or yeah, something. Well, somebody sent me a picture and they were tearing down some drywall or plywood <laughs> or something off of a wall. And on the inside of the wall, um, <laughs> it was 
Tim loves somebody or <laughs> Tim plus somebody or somebody plus Tim. Um, yeah. yeah. Lots, of, lots of church camp relationships. Very, very meaningful church camp relationships. For sure. Uh, you know, I, I think I think I remember um, at the time you were lifeguarding and I think me and you were playing church softball during one of the weeks or at a time we, and, and I think we were making the trek up like two nights where we were headed to Ohio rod. Yeah. And, um, you had, a, I think you had a, a white tracker at the time. Yeah. It was you a Suzuki that? samurai. Oh, yeah, samurai. A little Jeep thing. Little yeah. Jeep thing. It was, yeah. it was a turd. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we, I remember, I remember we would like, I think two of the nights of that week, we would travel back up. Uh, I was riding with you and we were playing, uh, church softball and then we come back to camp. But you, I would you, listen to the OC Supertones. Yeah, man, man, people don't <laughs> understand. They they don't understand. If I were to pose that question online, like who you were, either one or the other, right? If you listen to ska music, you were either yep. Supertones or Five Iron Frenzy, right? Yep. You couldn't yep. be both. It's kind of right. like the right. DC Talk or News Audio Boys, Audio Adrenaline, Newsboys, one of the three. Yeah, you can't be. You can't be both. Right. So, yeah, man. So, yeah. Tell me, like, tell me, um, I, I know a little bit of your story, but for people who are listening, tell me how you got to where you are today. Like, first of all, how many years of ministry is this for you? Uh, so I started in December of 1998. So that would be, let's see, 18, 20 years plus a few 23 years or so. Like crazy. That is crazy. Did you ever think you were going to be in ministry for 23 Heck no. years? Heck yeah. no. Um, what, what did you want it like when you were in high school? What, what was the goal? Like, what was your plans? Like, what, what did you want to do when you were in high school? Right. So the goal uh, was, uh, was to go into the military. I wanted to be a, a, a loadmaster, the guy that loads all the stuff in the back of those giant uh, airplanes. Yeah. And then you, then you pull the, parachute and dump them all out you know yeah. that dude because i had a cousin that was doing that and he got to be on all all seven continents and he got to do just so much cool stuff and i was like that's what i'm gonna do yeah and uh i played i played like five sports in high school blew my ankle out um so my senior year i go to meps and take the asvab and all that and do great looking at sinus signing bonuses and stuff and then um then i get disqualified uh, because of my ankle, because my ankle is blown out. I'm a liability at that point. And then I'm like, I don't, I have no idea what I'm going to do. And so I, I go to, I go to college uh, for a semester just to try and figure it out. Thought maybe I'd look into doing some real estate development stuff. Um, and then um, I'm back home and, and somebody says, you know, there's a, there's a church in just outside of Madison, Indiana, that's looking for a part-time youth minister. And because of those church camp years, I, mean, yeah. I, I kind of had a kind of had a finger on the pulse of it. And so yeah. I, I step in and do a part time youth ministry in Kent, uh, Kent Christian Church in Kent, Indiana. And I literally have kids in my youth group that are older than me. Wow. <laughs> wow. And um, and <laughs> have been in the ministry ever since, dude. Yeah. Um, isn't it weird how like the connections that you have, and, and I'm sure you still have some of them even today, like people oh, that yeah, you, absolutely. You're still in, you know, maybe, maybe not frequent contact, but you're still in contact with people that, you know, I mean, you, you would probably say Whitewater had some, some lifelong. Uh, oh, great impact. Yeah. So yeah. 
some of my oldest and greatest friends that I've got, uh, you mentioned a, a guy named BJ Murphy earlier. Yeah. Like he is, he's in my inner circle. Yeah. Like he has permission to speak into my life to tell me if I'm being an idiot or not. Yeah. Yeah. BJ's a great guy. Um, I've known BJ a while just growing up at camp too, but man, yeah, I, I feel the same way, man. Just, um, you know, I know we've all kind of grown up and went our own ways and that kind of stuff, but, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's crazy just to, to think about, you know, the, the lasting impact that it had, uh, a summer at church camp. I remember when I was a kid, like I, I did not want to go, man. When I was a really, I was a young kid. Uh, my mom and dad were like, Hey, you're going to go to church camp for a week. And I'm like, that sounds terrible. I don't want to leave. I don't want, you know, I got there and I think by Tuesday I was like, I'm not going home. Like I'm staying right. here forever. <laughs> you got you, you got you a, a church camp girlfriend and a, <laughs> and a group of bros that you hang out in the, uh, in the cabin with yeah. and uh, it, it becomes these lifelong uh, friendships. I could live on farmer Brown the rest of my life. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and canteen food. Um oh, yeah. That, that was before, you know, that was when I had the metabolism of a cheetah. Now I don't have that anymore. Because um, the lifeguard ran the canteen. Yeah. And so me and, a, uh, me and a handful of friends in one night ate a five-pound bag of those little peachy rings. <laughs> I, it was rough, dude. Impressive. It was rough. <laughs> dude, we can tell so many stories. <laughs> Probably some of them are not applicable for, for right. what we're going to talk about today. But, man, there's so many good uh, – I remember all kinds of stuff. I remember um, uh, my first cabin dad ever was uh, Russell Lieb. Mm -hmm. uh, and Russell taught me Russell. that you're not a man if you don't sleep in your underwear. Uh, <laughs> so I remember like all, all of us kids, we all got in our underwear uh, and slept in our, in, you know, in our cabin because Russell said, you're not a man if you don't. So I'd go home and my mom and dad were like, hey, what'd you, what'd you learn about? And I was like, you're not a man if you don't sleep in your underwear. So That's right. That's right. Um, hey, life lessons, man. Life lessons. <laughs> I became a man that day. That's right. That's um, right. But uh, so, so you end up, you end up in ministry, man, and you start out in youth ministry. You've been doing this for 20 plus years. Um, was there ever a moment even in your ministry where you're like, well, what if this ministry thing doesn't work out? Like, what, what am I going to do? Did you ever, yeah. did you ever get to that point? I mean, if you ask any minister that's been in that game for a while, I think I, it's got to happen at least once a year, right? We're like, um, is is this um, mentally, emotionally, and sometimes even spiritually sustainable? Because yeah. you, you can't you can't pour from an empty vessel. Yeah, and a lot of times that's what we do. We pour into people, and sometimes we we forget that that self care. And then it causes us to question ourselves. It causes us to question our, our, our ability or even our, um, how, how grafted we are into that vine. Right. Absolutely. I, yeah, 100%. You're, you, you're preaching to the choir, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. Um, you know, we have, me and you have, uh, we've, we've not only, I feel like we've done a lot of ministry together. In fact, huh? man, I know like, Dude, there are so many opportunities that I would probably never have gotten had you not stepped in and said, hey, man, why don't you come and do that? Like, man, we were talking earlier about when you're at Westview um, and I remember coming like on Sunday nights occasionally and playing music oh, with yeah. you. Me and you, man, have been playing music for I mean, we play music together for so long. Um, sure. 
whether it be Hanover at college, Hanover college, we played, you, you came and played a status conference. Uh, yeah. We played, I think one time we played in Salem at some event in Salem that we played. I mean, I don't even remember what that was, but we played, we played together and we've done um, a ton of, a ton of ministry yep. t- together. Um, and just so cool to be able to, you know, when, when you're at North Madison, we played music at North Madison together. Um, just uh, a ton of ministry created a lot of cool environments um so i've been around you for a long time man and uh i know your story a little bit um and kind of how you got to 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 where you where you are and some of the things that you've kind of been through but one of one of the things that's always intrigued me about you um well first number one is uh just the like i said you have you kind of took me under your wing um man and i i i am forever grateful for that but i'm awful proud i'm awful proud of you. you're doing great things out there at odin um well i appreciate that man and um i don't know man we're just trying to trying to go where where he's he's leading i guess maybe is the mm-hmm. preacher talk uh preacher-esque but but you know also another thing about you man is the stuff that you've been through um and kind of seeing where you're at even though you know, even because of the storm, you're still doing your thing, still leading people to Jesus. And um, so I kind of want to get into that. And I, I don't know how deep yeah. you want to go. Sometimes, into I, that. sometimes I think it's because of the storm that I'm still in the game. Oh, for sure. You know, um, kind of a, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. And well, and, and also it's, um, it's a great glimpse into the human condition, right? Because a lot of times we, we take we take church culture and it dehumanize it dehumanizes things it, it like over sterilizes things yeah and i've you know i've i've come to the point that it's hard to really really trust anybody that doesn't walk with a little bit of a limp yeah you know yeah absolutely that's good um so so take me back uh take me back to kind of when all of that um and i and I'll let you kind of kind of transformation began. Yeah. Kind of the, uh, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of major events that kind of happened almost at the same time in your life. Yeah, it was. uh, um, And it began to develop my, my, um, my mental, emotional and spiritual palate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Where, where, where it's easy to just kind of go the route of the vanilla I was able to see that there are a lot more flavors there that, that come into the situation. And so, um, we, I had gotten married, um, actually 19 years ago today. Awesome. Um, so Happy 19, anniversary. Yeah. I always, I always tell people, my wife hates this joke. I always say 19 years feels like 19 minutes <laughs> underwater. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> and then she punches me in my face and we go on about her day. No, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but um use that. Yeah. But so got married um and you know she's uh, then then my wife becomes a part of uh, of our ministry uh doing some what I think are some really really cool things in youth ministry and we moved to a church in Richmond, Kentucky called um Westside Christian Church which has uh to this date and I know this probably sounds terrible but if if you if you are a real minister you'll you understand this to this date has a, a group of people, a culture and a youth group that I've never been able to recreate since. I mean, yeah. just, there are people from that, uh, that church and that youth group that are still very much in my life. Yeah. That's um, awesome. And, uh, 
And so things are going good. We've got a, a strong youth program going. We're do, doing some really cool things, some outside of the box things. I've always kind of been an outside of the box kind of guy. And yes. um, so in, uh, in, in 2006, my wife is getting ready to graduate. We find out we're pregnant with our first child. And uh, we go in to find out whether this kid has indoor plumbing or outdoor plumbing. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and the and the the ultrasound tech or whatever they're called, the one that squirts the gel on the belly. Yeah. Um, she uh, prints this picture, rips it off, and runs out of the room. And we're just sitting there like, okay, I don't know. Yeah. This is our first child. We don't know if this is normal or not. Yeah. The doctor comes back in and tells us that um, – that our our daughter um we find out she's she's a daughter has a condition called hydrops fatalis uh, which basically means she's retaining all of the amniotic fluid inside of her body which is crowding crowding out uh, any opportunity for growth and that um, she's gonna die um there's really nothing we can do about it we can either induce labor now and call it a day or we can hold out for a miracle and so naturally being um and being people who uh who have faith, we hold out for a miracle and we get about a month or so down the road. And my wife develops what they call mirror syndrome. And basically what happens is her symptoms begin to mirror the symptoms of the baby. So Aaron's uh, organs begin to fail um, because it's mirroring what the baby's doing. And so the doctor says, I'm calling it. Um, you're either losing them both or you're losing one. So I'm calling it, we're going to induce. So we induced and, uh, Aaron gave, uh, birth to Emma. And of course you never, uh, you never think about burying a child, right? Especially your first child. And so I, you know, I went through a, a season of anger. And of course my wife went through some postpartum depression and some depression thereafter. And I went through some anger and kind of thinking that God owes me something. I'm a youth minister. Why would you take my child? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there were some pretty hairy uh, moments through there. And I'm glad that I was able to come to the realization that God wasn't offended or surprised by that. How, how was, how was, how was your marriage through that? I mean, you guys were both dealing with stuff, um, probably, yeah. probably taxing on your marriage as well. Uh, actually at that point in time, marriage was strong. I mean, okay. honestly, it should have, should have killed our marriage. Yeah. But the marriage was strong. Um, actually, I believe that a, a switch was flipped where we went from being those young, dumb married kids that, um, that were super adventurous and, and was just, just, you know, doing young, dumb married kid stuff yeah. where we possibly could. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, we went, we, we went, went from there and then I believe a, a, a switch flipped where we we're like, okay, we're surviving together alongside one another, taking yeah. care of one another. Right. And so we are processing through that. And it wasn't long after that, um, some things happened in the church that we were in. I lost my job there, which I think sometimes we mourned the loss of that, uh, that youth group more than even we had the opportunity to mourn our daughter. Yeah. And so we move and that's about the time wow. we to, um, to the Salem area where, uh, where we did uh, some ministry together and, um, get pregnant with our sec or actually b- before that, right before we moved there, um, you know, we're processing through this, uh, what I didn't know as depression at the time, I just called it survival because I'm a dude and, 
Sure. That's what we do, right? Yeah. And um, we get a phone call that my wife's brother at 23 had died in a four-wheeler accident. And so that piles a little bit more. Less than a year later than we lost our daughter and lost uh, our youth group, what we considered family at the time. Um, we, my, my wife's brother uh, dies in a four-wheeler accident. And, uh, and then we have to process through that, right? And actually more than me, my wife has to process through that. And it kind of throws things deeper into a depression. Um, at that time, I didn't understand. So I had no, you know, depression in my eyes, honestly, dude, at that point in time was a faith issue. Yeah. If you ask me. And man, did I read that one wrong? Yeah. I mean, hardcore. And so I didn't, I wasn't able to properly uh, be there for my wife in the ways that she needed me to, because I was labeling it as a faith issue, as opposed to um, a, a circumstantial um disease if you if you would even want to call it yeah um, and uh so i handled that wrong and um fast forward you know a few months after that we uh we get some good news and the fact that we're pregnant again although we're a bit apprehensive and when i say we're pregnant my wife was pregnant um <laughs> <laughs> a little a little i mean i gained i gained some of that baby weight <laughs> uh, and we're a little apprehensive you know scared that the same thing's going to happen. It's just the rug is just going to keep getting jerked out from underneath of us. And, um, and, uh, in comes Cooper, a lifesaver. Like he's yeah. just, uh, it's hard to believe that he's taller than I am now. Dude, and I see I pictures. Him, I catch him wearing my, uh, catch him wearing my Jordans from time to time. He sneaks <laughs> in my closet trying to rock my, trying to rock. My awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. good and bad because my, Cause then my Jordans get scuffs all over them. There you but, go. I understand that. Yeah. Who better to share my stuff with? Right. Yes. And, um, so Coop's born and I'm looking and trying to figure out, okay, how do I process this? Like, what does it look like to, um, to kind of be in, in charge of this life that I'm holding. Right. Whenever it feels like mine is spinning out of control, like there's a spiral happening. Right. And, um, and so I sit up at night, I'm, I'm grateful it was an Olympics year that he was born and I could sit up and I had stuff to watch while we're feeding and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of late nights, uh, watching swimming and, and, uh, volleyball and stuff like that. But, um, about two weeks after he's born, I get the news that my mom passes away from a drug overdose, uh, which was just kind of out of left field, dude. Like, um, had no idea. Uh, I had, I, like, I knew that she had some addiction yeah. issues. Um, and that's a whole other story that I could dive into as far sure. as, you know, depression and anxiety and the, the yeah. pressures of religion and stuff like, you know what I mean? But, um, but that one rocked me. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's my mama. And, uh, and then I started feeling this thing that I had never felt before. And I couldn't, I couldn't explain it. It was this, uh, it was this deep sense of hopelessness and um, which was weird because I've been, I've spent the last, you know, dozen years peddling hope. <laughs> right. Right. Like trying to tell everybody it's going to be all right. And then, 
and, and I'm telling anything. I'm telling myself it's going to be all right, but for some reason, like like that's not translating to what my gut feels. I don't I don't know that I'd say it was my heart or my mind, but my gut it was feeling something completely different. A, a little bit of hopelessness kind of like yeah, you're telling everybody hey sh- show up to the party but i probably won't be there you know what i mean like yeah, this party is going to be so awesome it's going to be great you should be there but yeah, I, I, <laughs> knowing I felt, that you're not going to be there i felt like i wasn't smoking what i was selling right yeah, yeah and yeah. and 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 then you know on top of what i now know is depression then on top of what i now know as uh like circumstantial uh, situation that kind of throws your groove off a little bit. I also felt like a fraud. Yeah. Which deepens and amplifies those same gut feelings. Right. Yeah. And so I had to figure out like, what does it look like to, um, what does it look like to minister outside of your emotional ability at the time? Which is really hard to do. Right. I mean, it's 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 incredibly hard when you're going through something to tell people how they should be living or maybe just, you know, uh, talking to people or giving people advice when sometimes you feel like you don't have it all together yourself. Yeah, it's it's kind of like telling it's kind of like me telling you um, that IU sucks (laughs) when when UK has had the past several seasons that they've had. Right. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. (laughs) Yeah, but but yeah, and so um, one thing that really really helped me is I um, I found some podcasts, some some uh, preachers that were outside of kind of that Church of Christ network that um, that were able to speak in ways that I had never heard before, and um, it resonated with me, and so their ability to communicate um, from a place that I was currently sitting in opened um open that that scriptural flavor palette if you will and i was able to taste different nuances of what uh of what the bible was saying and how it was relevant in my life at the time and i gained strength it's kind of like that it's kind of like that concept it says uh lean not on your own understanding yeah yeah i felt that right was there was there a i mean i know you mentioned you know listening listening to other people a little bit um was there was there any other ways that you were kind of coping during this time i mean was there um did you you know like like different people they handle their stress different ways i I smoked crack (laughs) (laughs) no Um, (laughs) i will tell you this but i will tell you this i think the strongest thing and and if you were to jump on and hear me uh, preach on Sunday mornings or hear me talk in any capacity, um, one of the biggest lifesavers and the greatest things, and even right now in, in my current situation, losing some, some family members in the past few days, you know, um, my tribe, the people that uh, I, God has found fit to place in my life, um, to surround me, uh, at times made or made or broke it. Right. Uh, the people that, uh, are in your life and little, I mean, it could be a little text or it could be an opportunity for your friend to say, Hey dude, 
let's let's go grab let's go grab a burger let's go grab yeah. a drink let's yeah. let's just let's just talk about it like the people that we surround ourselves with have such a a huge impact and um um, I'm blessed enough to have people that, that love Jesus, love the church and love me. Right. You, you have not, not only are you kind of having yourself in the situation, but obviously your wife's going through some stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm sure you felt kind of conflicted there because you're trying to, trying to be there for her. You're, mm-hmm. you're trying to be there for your church. Um, you have brothers who are going through it as well. You're trying to, and you're the oldest. So you're trying to kind of play. um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what the word is. I'm looking for, but you know, you're, you're, you're you're kind of war thin in all these different areas. And yet, like you said earlier, you're, you're going through something and you're trying to help other people when, when it wasn't all together for you either. Right. The rest of the world doesn't stop. Yeah. Like, it's like being like, like if I, if I could, if I could illustrate it in any way, it's kind of like standing in the eye of a hurricane yeah, and everything kind of flying around you in circles. And every once in a while you have the clarity to grab a hold of something and focus on it. But then that hurricane pulls it out of your grip um, faster than what you would completely like to. Right. And, and like trying to take care of my wife and minister to my wife and, and even love and care for my wife. It's tough. Like if uh, it's really hard, especially with your wife, because, you know, you walk into a church, you preach and everybody, yeah, everybody just kind of digs your chili and they think, yeah. right? Yeah. but your wife can't take you seriously when they've seen you naked. Right. Yeah. Like you can't have, <laughs> you can't have those serious moments. Right. And a, and a lot of times they don't, they, they say, Hey, we don't, we don't want to hear it. You know, like you can, yeah. you can tell me all the Bible stuff all you want, but right. I, I, right. I, that's kind of what you're saying is I'm, yeah. I see you all the time. I know how you are. Right. Um, yeah. You're a, you're a, you're a jerk sometimes. Yeah. So you can't, like don't leverage that against me. And so a lot of times it, it comes in the form of, of a hug or a touch or a moment yeah. uh, that hopefully you can have the margin and the clarity of mind to capitalize on to, to sit and savor that. Right. So we, yeah. we've learned to savor what we can, when we can, uh, the two of us and with our, within our family and, and church family. Would you say that during that time, um, and maybe you kind of alluded to that already, but would you say you were, would consider yourself, uh, that was certainly a depression that you went through in your life? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I'll be honest, dude, um, uh, it's stigmatized getting, um, getting prescriptions, getting an antidepressant. Right. And, and I fought and fought and fought and fought that. Um, and I was like, um, that ain't going to fix what's going on inside my gut. Yeah. And you know what? I was right. It didn't fix yeah. what was going on inside my gut. But what it did is it bought me some margin. It bought me some time uh, to process. Um, so I am I am pro antidepressant. If you need it, I'm not on anything right now. Mm. I'm not on any antidepressants. I haven't been for a couple years, and that was something personally that I wanted to do. I wanted yeah. to um, it, it, right or wrong, good or bad. But at that point in time, I realized that that the antidepressants that I was on, and in some cases, anti-anxiety medicine that I was on, uh, gave me the time to process. It's almost like I, I, I mentioned that eye of the hurricane thing. Mm. Um, it, ga- it gave me a, a, a 
stronger grip to hang on to things for just long enough. Yeah. Focus long enough to process that. Right. Yeah. And so it was a gift that I had. And whenever I, uh, whenever I had, um, I started at Falls City, um, there were a lot of things that were in my life before that, uh, that didn't allow me, uh, the clarity of mind. Yeah. Um, but now I'm in such a good environment that I don't, I don't, I don't need that for the margin because I've got the right people around me and the right environment that I am and the, and the right situation. And, and, and it's freaking good. Would you say that's, that's kind of the, um, the answer to people who maybe are struggling with depression is, you know, surrounding yourself with, with people who, um, maybe you can trust people that, that love you really love you that. And, and when I, when I say that, I mean, sometimes, um, and I think we talked a little bit about this in the last episode, but sometimes understanding what love is, um, sometimes loving is, is being willing to tell a person, Hey man, um, you need to quit this or you need to start this or you need yeah. to it kind of, kind of calling you out a little bit. Accountability, yeah. I think maybe is the yeah, word. Dude, you're being a jerk or you're being lazy. Um, sometimes love that is love, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, loving them enough to be real with them. And sometimes it's just presence. Sure. You know, dude, uh, that, that, that's a huge thing because like I found out yesterday that my biological dad uh, passed away. Right. I met him a month ago yesterday for the first time in my life. I found out he, they died. And, and of course I get these texts. Is there anything I can do? Well, n- no, there's not. Right. But, yeah. but the fact that you reached out and the fact that you're a presence in my life, that's what you did. Right. You can't do it. You can't fix that. You can't fix death. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah. You can't be there. Do, do you ever still, I mean, do any of those moments, obviously they've, they've helped shape who you are today, but mm-hmm. those moments ever come back? Like, do you ever, you know, you, you know, sitting on a Tuesday night somewhere and overwhelmed. You think about maybe just things in the past, like you think about, you know, or, or, or even like when you see other families and you're like, man, I wish my mom was, yeah. you know, like you see other people with their, with their parents, or maybe they're, you know, playing with the, the kids, the grandkids or whatever. And you go, man, I wonder how much differently it'd be if my mom was here or. Yeah. I, I think that sometimes I am super, super blessed in the fact that um, my in-laws, my wife's uh, mom and dad. Yeah. They're great grandparents. Like they're awesome grandparents. Sure. And uh, that, that is, that is something that my kids have a presence in their life that, you know, in the throes of it, you think, Oh my gosh, they're never going to be able to, to experience my mom or my, and, and and even in that, like my mother-in-law has been my mother figure too. Yeah. I'm grateful that God, um, that God placed her in my life when she did because, um, or when he did, because, um, because I've, because I've, I've got something that I thought I'd lost. Yeah. And, um, and, and I mean, God never wastes an ounce of our life, pain and joy, right? He's, he's efficient. He's extremely efficient. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I I agree with that. 100%. I, you think, when people go through depression or people go through maybe extreme anxiety, which gosh, I, I don't, I don't want to say that we've, you know, we have that more than ever now. I mean, who, I, you know, anxiety, I, I know. I would say. 
anxiety, you know, I definitely say. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you think that people, um, you know, and, and this is going to kind of shift a little bit. Do you think that people uh, go to the extreme in those situations where they, oh, yeah. where, where, you know, they start having suicidal thoughts like, yeah. man, this is just, Absolutely. this ain't worth it. I'm done. And, and dude, that's, that's something that I, that I never have, like I can say, even in the throes of it, it's it. I've, I've never, I've been, I'm, I guess I'm blessed with a very hopeful mindset, you know, yeah. um, that I've never been there. Yeah. Right. Um, yes. uh, one, one thing I always remind myself is I, I love this out of, uh, Jonah chapter two. Um, Jonah has done ran from God, uh, because he doesn't want to deal with Nineveh cause those people be crazy. Yeah. Right. Sure. And, uh, he has, uh, caused some chaos in people's lives who were innocent bystanders, right? The shrapnel of his disobedience has stuck into, uh, the lives of the people around him. He's been thrown over this boat and swallowed by this big fish, right? And this fish dives to the depths of the sea. And uh, just from just from my mindset or, or just what you would think, if heaven is up and hell is down, yeah, he is diving closer to hell and farther from God. Why is in this fish? He's at, he's at his lowest mental, emotional, spiritual, and even, even physical geographical point in his life. Yeah. And it says that he cries out to God and God heard him. Right. Yeah. Like he's as far as he could possibly be. Right. Yeah. And God hears. And it's not long after that, all those crazy people from Nineveh, they're, they're repentant, yeah. right? Yeah. Like Seth, sackcloth cloth and ashes, repentant. Yeah. Like it's it's extreme, an entire nation of people. Sure. Right? And I remind myself that um, no matter how far I feel that, I, that I'm diving, and I'm in a funk now. Like there are funks that I fight, and I actively fight them. And I've always gone back to Jonah chapter 2. I have. That's awesome. That in First Kings 19, Elijah has had just um, conquered the prophets of Baal. He watched God blow a cow up for him, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I uh, wish I could have been there. I'd be on, like, <laughs> I'd be on, I'd, I'd be on this high, like, like, dude, <laughs> you know. And, they, and uh, I, I was yeah, gonna and, say, I was gonna say, if they ever, if they ever make a movie, if they ever make a movie, a run out of ideas for movies, yeah, just go to the Old Testament, right? Oh yeah, there's some crazy stuff. <laughs> Could you imagine blowing a hole in the ground with a cow right in the middle of it? Like that's good cinema. That's good cinema, right? Even better um, than it's real. Yeah. And and so the queen is ticked off because all the prophets of Baal are dead. And so she goes to chase in Elijah and Elijah runs out into the wilderness and he lays down and he's at a point where he's like, I, I've had enough, Lord. Just take my life. And God meets him and he's like, no. Nah. I'm going to make you some bread and give you some water because you need energy for what's coming next. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to nourish you. I'm going to hydrate you. Take a nap, get some rest because I ain't done with you boy. Right. Yeah. And I, and I remind myself of that, especially at times like this, right. I'm trying to figure out how do I process this? I've got a freaking sermon to preach Sunday and I've got to talk about hope and I've got to talk about obedience and I've got to talk about love and prioritization and yeah. I'm feeling a bit empty. Right. Yeah. 
and I just feel, I just feel God kind of whispering to me in that moment, like get some food, get some hydration, get a nap. Cause I ain't done with you boy. Right. And, and I draw like so much, like I get cold chills just thinking about it. I draw so much strength uh, at the fact that he ain't done with me. Whenever, Do it all. whenever a lot of things feel like they're done. Yeah. That's good. Right. right? I, I, I love that you, you pick these guys because it seems like both of them, um, certainly continue to pursue what they were, what they were called to be pursuing. Oh yeah. Uh, but, but there, but there's some people in the Bible who, who couldn't. And you, know, you think of like, uh, you think of like Judas. Um, Sam. yeah, Samson. I might call Samson. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I think I, and to get on this topic of, of suicide for just a minute, I think my, and I know this is kind of a controversial topic, I think my view on, on, on suicide has um, changed a little bit Mm -hmm. throughout my, throughout my life. Like uh, certainly not an advocate for it. Um, And certainly not a. um, Don't condone it. Right. I I guess, I guess I used to, I I used to think that if someone commits suicide, it's like a one-way ticket to hell. Yeah. Um, And in some, and in some cases, I, in some cases, I think it is. Um, but I also know that um, I think I grew to a point where I realized, like, I don't I don't know where people are mentally when, when that happens either. You know, like right. like like I don't I, I don't know where people are, where they you know, if, if where, where their mental capacity is, are they even themselves or are they, you know, something right. that, I, I don't know that. And right. um, and so I kind of struggle with that because I, I don't know that I feel that suicide's necessarily a one way ticket to hell. Well, dude, if you take Samson, for instance, I mean, what he did can be considered suicide. You don't stand there. Never really thought about it. You don't stand there and push a building over on yourself. Yeah. Think well, might get out of this one, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I know his intention was was to kill the Philistines, right? Yeah. But he knew he was a goner. It was kind of a kamikaze moment. Yeah. And then in Hebrews chapter 11, he's mentioned in the hall of faith. Yeah. Like you fast forward and this dude who essentially commits suicide is in the hall of faith. He's with Abraham. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you think that, that whenever, whenever I, whenever that was put together for me, I thought, dang, there are some things that I'm missing here. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Do, do you think that um, Samson had some stuff going in his mind before all that, like some some deep maybe anxiety or how, how or... could you not? You've had your eyes poked out and you're pushing um, a grindstone. You're grinding the grain for the bread that your enemies are eating. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think he he's had to have had some moments where he was like, um, I wish I would have moments like maybe, oh, maybe, maybe oh, I should have done yeah, this differently regret. or yeah. regret. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I certainly think that he's, he's been through all that to the point where he maybe has even gone to a depression, to an anxiety, to whatever. Um, same is true with, with Ju- Judas. Um, yeah. I think, I think it even mentions it. Like it talks about how, Judas came to a realization. Um, he realizes, I think it's in Matthew, 
but he, it talks about how he he realizes what he's done, right? Um, yeah. he, he he comes to a point where he's like, man, wow, I should shouldn't have done that, or I, this shouldn't have happened. Right. But now it does. And he's so overwhelmed that he gets to a point where he just goes. And um, I, I don't I'm a, I'm a person that doesn't believe that the Bible contradicts itself. I think right. it all works together. So, right. you know, people argue like how it happened and that kind of stuff. Like, did he hang himself? Did he jump and fall or that doesn't matter? Who, who's got time for that? <laughs> right. Like, seriously, who's, who's got time for those arguments? Oh, for sure. I know I, people on Facebook. Um because but, is, is God still God? Is Jesus still Jesus? Is he still good? Yeah. Right? Like, he knew the idiot that I would be 2,000 years ago and died for me anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you think about that, he knew every screw up, every sin, be it visible or internal, right? Every moment of lust, every moment of regret every moment of hatred in my heart and he wasn't like hanging on the cross and be like hmm, i believe that there's a law of diminishing returns here yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like he, like he knew this and he died anyways to conquer sin and hell and death so that couldn't have the power sure that he has within us yeah. right yeah and we want to argue about stupid crap like yeah no did, did somebody kick the stool out from under him whenever he you know <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing yeah you know? yeah no it's it's <laughs> maybe more of a good conversation and less yeah. of a of a theological yeah. argument yeah ab no absolutely i agree but but like whenever whenever you've been in the eye of that hurricane yeah th those are the things that, that those are the minor details they don't get real estate anymore right yeah. Every once in a while, they might come in for an Airbnb two-day rental, but they don't get to buy real estate, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, but but through all of those cases, I think I think the response is is the key, right? The the way that they responded, whether it be right. Jonah or Absolutely. Elijah or Samson or Judas or whatever, the response that that takes place there, um, because because here's the thing. I believe we only got a few minutes left, but, but I yeah. believe with all my heart that we have a lot of people who even maybe even listening to this, who have been through a moment, maybe even in the last year where they're going, mm -hmm. I have, I, I have no idea where to turn. Um, my depressed, I'm depressed on things that are happening in our world. I'm depressed yeah. with COVID I'm depressed with, or, or I'm really anxious. I have anxiety really, really bad. And if we're being honest, like there, there are moments where we just want to quit sometimes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and, and to the extreme, some people, even to the point of Judas, where they're like, I, I, what's going it'd be on? Better, it'd be better if I just wasn't around. Right. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you this. If you could give one piece of advice, I mean, your, your story, man, is, is so powerful and, kind of how to where you are today um, because of where you could have been, you know, based on where you oh, could have been based on all of it. Absolutely. And, and how it speaks. And I, and like you said, I, I'm with you. I believe God uses, it doesn't waste a thing and uses everything for, for his glory. Um, 
if there's somebody maybe listening to this right now who, who's got those thoughts or maybe is in a depression right now or anxiety or suicidal or whatever, what kind of advice would you give to someone who's, who's struggling with that right now? Well, I, once again, I'll, I'll take it back to the, to the Bible, because if you look at what Samson and Judas didn't do is they didn't listen and lean, right? Yeah. And that ended up being their demise. But if you look at what Elijah did and what Jonah did, they listened and they leaned into it, right? Jesus did the same thing in Matthew chapter 26. Like he's in the garden of Gethsemane and he says, boys, you stay here. I'm going to go pray. And it says that he was in anguish and he was distressed and he was crushed with grief to the point of death, right? Sweating drops of blood. Yeah. Intense. And, yeah. 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 Pretty intense. Right. Like a teepee and a wigwam. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so. Uh, and so he, he prays to his father and he says, if there's any way that this cup can pass me. But then he says, not my will, but yours. Yeah. And then he listens and leans. I think if there was any moment where God was like, there is another way, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm then he would have listened and, and, and leaned, but he didn't hear the response that maybe he wanted to hear yeah. from, from being a hundred percent human. Right. Yeah. And he listens and he leans and ultimately that buys our salvation and it gives us a life with hope. Right. Yeah. And hope on the other side of any storm is something worth hanging on to. Like, like he says to Elijah, Eat up, dude. Get you a drink. Get you a nap. I ain't done with you. What What do you think if someone if someone's in that moment where they they do and I, maybe they feel like they haven't heard? Like like okay, God, I'm reaching out to you. And, and we live in a world where we want instant access for everything. Right. Yeah. The drive um, through. What What? How do you? I mean, in that moment, I I think maybe maybe part of the key is you've even said it earlier um, was not only first go to God with it and, mm-hmm. and, but also surround yourself with people who, who love you in that moment, like well, in, during was, that time while you're waiting. I was about to say, like, like I say, listen and lean, but listening could be just, just be aware, right? It could be that, that photo of your daughter or your son or your wife, or it could be that, that thing that's on your calendar to go hang with your friends in three days. Yeah. To say maybe that 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 could give me just enough, just enough, like I said, margin to process this, right? Sure. It could be a text or a phone call. It could be a voicemail that's on your phone that you didn't listen to that maybe you need to listen to, yeah, right? For sure. Or it could be the knowledge that that your that your freaking minister is in his office more than willing, right? Yeah. Just knowledge of that. Yeah. And if you can be aware of that, maybe not necessarily hear something audible, but to see all the signs. And and I know we're eager to see signs and sometimes it's a bad thing to say, see the signs, right? Yeah. See all the signs of the things that God has placed in our life in order to allow us to, to allow us for forward motion. Right. I think, I think sometimes I think we're, we're looking, we, we look for signs when God's gone. I've already, I've already given you a sign. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and, and keep, and keep, yeah. And I, I think you're right. I just mean, sometimes I think when we, when we look for those signs, we're looking and looking and looking and on our part, we're going, where, where are these signs at? And then God's going, you know, zoom out just for a minute. Yeah. Just perspective, right? You're looking through the wrong lens, bro. For sure. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I, I, you know, man, if I had, if I had a quarter or a dollar for every time somebody said, Hey man, this person's struggling with in the last year. Um, yeah, Josh, I thought, and I could be completely wrong on this and I hate to throw out statistics, even though like 87% of them are made up on the spot. Right. Yeah. But, um, um, I, I, I thought I heard something, it must've been on a podcast or something that, um, because of this, this isolation that we've all been in, that more people died in Japan from suicide over the past 20 months than have died total from COVID. Yeah. That's crazy. Because of that that isolation. Right. Yeah. So let's, we can't isolate ourselves. We can't like God never intended for us to, to roll solo. We're not supposed to be an Island. No man's an Island. Yeah. Created for community. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, man. Yeah. So man, I think that's really good. And I love that you brought in, um, Jonah and Elijah and kind of from, from that angle, because, um, you know, I I think that will speak to people, but, but you know what the Bible tells us to, to seek and you'll find, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, keep searching for those of you, man, who are out there listening to this, uh, you're going through some stuff. Listen, uh, yeah, Micah, you have my permission to give them my info if they need to talk. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to correct you. Okay. All right. I look. I I want to encourage you guys. Um, check out uh, some of the stuff they're doing at Fall City. Um, great, great people, man, and some 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 really good friends. Uh, oh, we're having a good time. We're check them out. Time. Check them out on on Facebook. <laughs> um, dude, I'm so thankful that you jumped on and gave me some time yeah. on your anniversary. After everything you've been going through lately. Um, dude, Aaron is a saint for letting you, uh, come out. I wish everybody could see you right now because what I see, uh, where you're located right now, uh, I won't even, I won't even say it, but it's incredible. I I haven't done it. This is living the dream. This is, this is the, uh, this is like, I don't, I don't know how many episodes I've done over 30 and I've never done one in a location where you're at right now. So I'm, I'm the RV. In the RV, not once. in the RV. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, it is cool. Sometimes it's just got to be my office because it's this is the only place I can get some quiet up in yeah. this piece. <laughs> yeah. Well, for, for, for those of you listening, I, I, I want to say this. I'll wrap it up. Uh, before we got on the, on here, Tim showed me something that he just got, which is oh, incredible. Yeah, boy. Uh, Reebok the pumps. Uh, they have come up. And uh, the last episode uh, was with Greg Coverdale. Greg talked about the first time he ever met me. He saw me in Reebok the pumps preach a sermon. These pumps that Tim have. Oh, my goodness, man. They're sweet. I wish that I had them because I have the orange and black and blue. Uh, Tim has the red and gray, which yeah. oh, my goodness. So I'm coaching junior high tennis um, for my boys. And I bought them because I needed something to go with my with my coaching outfit. So yeah. those, are, those are Madison colors. I know they're IU colors as well. Yes, but they're but they're Madison colors. And you're, so you're welcome to to jump on the IU bandwagon whenever. I mean, um, you know, I'd probably rather uh, chew my arm off. But. <laughs> 
I hear you, bro. I hear you. Well, <laughs> listen, man, I'm so glad you, you took time out of your day yeah, dude. to jump on here. I love you, bro. And uh, you. You're, uh, just it's so awesome to see what God has done and is still doing yeah. uh, in your life. And Likewise. Your family. Likewise. hopefully we can uh, hopefully we can uh, connect here soon and get together. I know we always say that and then life happens. And how far are you from Edinburgh? uh probably an hour and change maybe maybe i don't know i don't know exactly um my band has a has a gig in edinburgh in like november i'll send you all the the details you can come up and roll okay. with us maybe you yeah can, maybe you can maybe you can sing a jam with us dude it's been it's been a long time i don't even remember <laughs> I, I was looking the other day our worship minister was in here and i was showing him clips of like stuff that we used to do that i have madison yeah 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 uh, even i think this one was even at hanover college okay um it got that crazy was, that was a blast that was <laughs> a lot of fun it was unbridled which i totally dug right do you remember the uh the ball pit uh, that they had there yes. it was like in a box. Oh yeah. Someone locked me in that thing one time. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know who that would have been. <laughs> Dude, or, you know, the giant bean bags. <laughs> we jump from the rafters onto the bean bags. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a wonder we didn't have like broken legs. And yeah, uh, I remember the, I remember the rubber, um, kind of the chair leg things that you put the guards on the bottom of it where you don't scuff the floor. The yeah. rubber thing. And I remember one time you pulled one of those off and you chucked one at Nick Spray. Um, and I mean, that thing was whizzing through there. <laughs> and Nick moved out of the way and it hit Sammy in the leg. Oh, yeah. And, uh, dude, this wasn't like a toss at Nick. This was like, no. a, this was like a chuck, man. This was like a, awesome. you could hear the, you know, like when you hear a, a pitch in baseball where it's just going, yeah. <laughs> That's what it was doing, and uh, Nick somehow got out of the way, and it hit Sammy right in the leg. And uh, I thought you might have killed a girl right there. She got be, she got be quick, man. She got be quick. <laughs> can't, can't stand the heat. <laughs> we can sit around and tell stories all day. Oh, maybe maybe that should just be a podcast day. Yeah, and, <laughs> That'd be and, awesome. and uh, just uh, admit our stupidity uh, <laughs> to the public. That was a lot of fun, though. <laughs> Hey, uh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And uh, let's get to get praying for you, praying for your church. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, man, yeah. you know, if you need anything, uh, reach out. Absolutely. All right. I know who my people are. Yeah, I, I hear you. Up. I hear you, bro. All right, man. Well, I'll let you go and we'll talk to you later. All right. Later, dude. This has been a Behind the Micah podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you check us out next week. And remember, we're always striving to love God, love others, and serve both.